Hello, listeners. We want you to join in the show. Call us and leave a message or send us a text on our amazing new phone line. That's right. Mom let us have a phone number. Leave a voicemail and we may play your message on the show. Call and text us at 304-807-9098. This episode of The Final Forecast is sponsored by The Book Exchange, where Mountaineers go since 1934. in Japan, Israel, Mexico, and Morgantown, West by God, Virginia, with your hosts, Kevin Jones, Deshaun Butler, John Flowers, and our lovely co-host, Ashley. This is The Final Forecast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Final Forecast with me, one of your co-hosts, Kevin Jones. We have uh, Nate Adrian with us today. What's going on, Nate? How we doing, buddy? Good, good, man. Good to have you back. Uh, we got our producer, Dave. Hello. What's going on, Dave? What's going on? And uh, we have a special guest on the podcast today, Jake Pavorsky. He's a marketing director and, and director of uh, player personnel for the TBT tournament. Is that correct, Jake? Close enough. Director of player personnel and PR. Okay, I, try, I tried. I tried to remember that, but... Yeah, I tried to give you full props, but uh, Kevin can't carry the whole show and remember titles, Jake. It's just unfair to expect that. <laughs> it's pretty wordy, too, so I get it, but I appreciate yeah. you guys having me on. I'm not a good multitasker, but that's fine. It's all right. We're, nevertheless, uh, we're, we're happy to have you on, man. And um, as you guys know, made a special announcement today that uh, one of the regions of the TBT tournament will be in Charleston, West Virginia for um, July 24th through the 26th. And we're very excited about that. Um, thank you guys for um, having us host um, a region of the tournament. We really appreciate that. And uh, I know we're all happy to um, to be back in the tournament. It's, it's pretty special for us. And um, yeah, how, how did everything, um, how were you involved in um, the TBT tournament and everything get started with that, Jake? So to, by way of background, uh, I started with TBT in 2015 as a team GM. Um, mm. The tournament was primarily based in Philadelphia at the time, uh, and I ran a, a team of mostly Philadelphia pros, Nova, Temple, St. Joe's guys. Actually, uh, Antonio Pena, who's one of John's teammates in Mexico, uh, mm. was on that original team. And I did that for two years. The first year went great. We made it to the Sweet 16. They flew us out to Chicago. Um, it was a really cool experience. The second year did not go too well. Uh, we were a little shorthanded, uh, lost in the first round. But uh, I love the tournament. I, I love the concept and what they had going. Um, and I was in college at the time and they had a PR internship open up. Uh, so I asked if, you know, they would bring me on to do that. I ran their PR for Philly at the time. Uh, and that was 2017. And then when I graduated from Temple in Philadelphia in 2018, uh, they brought me on full time. So this is my third TBT full time. Um, and now just kind of mm-hmm. handling the, the team recruiting and, and PR side of things. Nice, man. Nice. So, so what would you say? What is what is the hardest part about getting the the tournament together? As far as like getting the teams together and knowing who's going to be on the teams and how y'all set the regions up? Like, what is what is that process like? Yeah, so it's multifaceted. Uh, obviously, you know, we've gotten to the point where alumni teams have become a really big attraction for the tournament. 
Um, so, you know, I spend a lot of time, you know, recruiting these teams and going to colleges and talking to coaches and former players. And, and I, I think I worked John for about three years before, um, the West Virginia, the best Virginia team finally came together. Um, so, you know, it, it takes a, a long time and you're really, you know, you're putting in years of work and contact making and really trying to get these teams to come together. Um, uh, but when they do happen, you know, 99% of the time, the teams are tremendous. The experience is great. And then you look for the opportunity to kind of, you know, grow those teams and, and to give them the opportunity um, to host. And obviously, in, in the case of you guys, uh, you know, the team was tremendous last year. Uh, I knew you guys would bring some fans to Richmond, but I think we were blown away by how much you dominated the crowd, um, not just for your games, but just the region as a whole. Um, and when you have opportunities like that uh, with great fan bases, uh, it, it only makes sense to try and reward them by bringing the games. Um, to where they're originally from and just so happened to work out that we we're able to come down to Charleston and, and bring the region to you guys and have you guys sort of play the host, so to speak. And uh, we're super excited about it. Really looking forward to, to being down there and having you guys play in front of a, a home crowd. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me like the alumni teams have helped with the uh, attendance. Uh, I know last year, where were you guys? Wichita? And that place was we were in Wichita. packed like crazy. Yeah, that place seemed like a wild atmosphere. Because I know all those Kansas teams, they really come out and support their team. So hopefully we get something similar going down Charleston. Yeah, I, I think you guys definitely will. Uh, Wichita was great and the fact that we had Wichita State, Kansas, and Kansas State, almost like a, a battle for the state. And I think in Charleston, you know, I, other than you guys, I think we'll see that West Virginia Wildcats team sort of led by John Elmore. Uh, it sounds like that team is going to be pretty Marshall-centric. So uh, I know they'll bring some crowds and then. Um, you know, looking at some other, you know, alumni teams from the Ohio and Pennsylvania area, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, we really, it's become sort of a reincarnation of the NCAA tournament during the summertime. And I, I think we'll, we'll definitely get that atmosphere and that feeling um, at the Charleston Civic Center this summer. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Where did you guys get the inspiration for the for the tournament from? Was that from the NCAA tournament because i mean it's the same format you know winner you know winner go home kind of uh format so is that is that y'all inspiration for it a little bit so our founder john mugar uh he played he was a walk on at tufts um big basketball fan i think one day you just sort of had the idea um you know what if we put together a tournament set up like the ncaa tournament um but open to anyone you know it could be, you know, former players. It could be everyday, you know, average Joes who go play at the YMCA. You know, it could be college alumni teams. Uh, really just to put together this open entry tournament where everyone can come together and play and, and do it for a large prize. Now, over time, it's sort of, uh, it, it's become this, you know, March Madness in July type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I don't think that was necessarily the original intention. It's just kind of fallen that way. Uh, mm -hmm. But it, it's obviously worked out really well for us. Nice. And how and has the criteria changed any now that it's so many more teams wanting and so many more people wanting to be a part of this? Has the criteria changed from when you guys first started? Like, is there a certain rules that you had to like um, modify because it's kind of because it's too many people that want to be a part of it? Or is it the same rules that you had from the beginning? It's, it's changed a little bit. So original entry into the tournament was based off fan voting, where you guys would set up a page on our website. And then people would go and support you. And then the top teams in each region, I think it was top 16 at the time, um, would get in based off of how many votes they had. And we've sort of changed that over the time. Um, voting just kind of wasn't a very accurate reflection, I think, of 
teams that deserve to be in. So now, just mm-hmm. like the NCAA tournament, we really take most of our teams at large, and we look at you know a lot a lot of different criteria in terms of players and you know how good those guys are, as well as fan support. Um, you know, we expect people to come out to games. Um, you know, interest from like boosters, as we call them, whether it's celebrities or NBA players, you know, celebrity coaches. Basically, we look at a, a lot of different factors. Um, and we kind of, you know, put that together and decide which teams we think um, deserve to get in. But it's really grown. I mean, in 2014, we had guys, you know, I'm a 5'11 white kid who's never played, you know, I never played more than rec leagues. Like guys like myself were playing in this in the original year. You know, now these, mm-hmm. these guys would get run off the court. They're, you know, there's no place for them in this tournament anymore. Yeah. Um, it's become, you know, a place for the most part for, for seasoned vets uh, and a lot of guys that are either played in the NBA or on the cusp of making the NBA. All right, it's almost to the point where you guys can just pick and choose your the teams you want to let in, let out. Can you not now? For sure. Yeah, it's definitely gotten to that point. I mean, we still have we have an overflow of teams in each region, and obviously everyone wants to get in and they do their best to put together the best rosters they can and the best coaching staff and try and bring in, you know, interesting names and celebrities to get involved. But unfortunately, there's always I think last year, you know, we have 64 spots in our tournament. I think we had around 100 teams apply last year. So, you know, there's 30-plus teams that you have to, unfortunately, um, reject. So it's, you know, the spots in the tournament are, are sparse, and, you know, teams are, are fighting and clawing over this, you know, four-month registration period to try and get in. Mm. I'm just excited that me, an ordinary person that knows so much about sports, will be able to play with you guys, KJ. <laughs> what? I'm going to be on the t- I'm gonna be on the team this no, year. No, you're not. I, yeah, no, that's that's part of the uh, agreement with the TBT guys, as a, and like as a manager and being in the team this year. No, 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 I'm going to be oh, on the court. No, 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 I don't think so. getting all those interceptions and things. You know, Dave, shut the hell. You up. know, some teams do uh, have those anyway. guys still. If, if you if you want Dave, we, we can you know TBT rules allow it. We can certainly make. Uh, it work, but no, I'll, I'll okay. leave that up to you guys. I'm Thanks. qualified, Kevin. Thank you. All right, we appreciate it, but uh, we will will decline that offer for now. Thanks, okay. though. So, Jake. Uh, for the people at home that aren't as familiar with the TBT, because um, it's still relatively young in comparison to the other things, give us like your elevator pitch about what happens, how many regionals you have, and how the whole process works. Yeah, TBT is a 64-team uh, single elimination winner-take-all tournament um, that runs late July to early August, um, where 64 teams are competing for $2 million. We have eight regionals located throughout the country. Uh, our eight regional champions will come together in, in Dayton, Ohio, this summer for championship week um, to duke it out um, for $2 million. And, you know, we really pride ourselves on, you know, tough competition, um, giving guys opportunities. We've had 35 guys over the years that have gone, that have played in TBT and have gone on to sign NBA deals, um, you know, after playing in TBT. Uh, and as well as, you know, innovation. Um, we, we've done a really good job of sort of really, um, breaking into the sports world and, and, and breaking it down in ways that other leagues and, and teams and just general sports ventures haven't been able to. Um, the NCAA adopted our, our bracket celebration two years ago. Um, and now, obviously, with the Elam ending working its way into the All-Star game um, this past weekend to great success. You know, Elam ending started in TBT in 2017. We've been using it ever since. Um, so we're, we're finding ways to um, to, you know, break down, you know, barriers and allow people to think creatively and enjoy the games in different ways while also seeing, you know, a really high caliber level of talent. Um, and we're super excited that, you know, one of those nine places this summer is going to be Charleston, West Virginia. How does the Elam ending work? 
So the ELAM ending, it's sort of been adjusted over the years, but the way it's used now is that at the first dead ball under the four-minute mark, um, a a target score um, is put in place as opposed to the rest of the clock. Um, And the target score is eight points added to the leading team's total. So let's say, you know, best Virginia is leading 60 to 50 um, at the 358 mark, that first dead ball, the target score would be 68 and you guys would play to 68. So really it's an opportunity to, um, you know, for teams that are down, you know, can play straight up. They don't have to intentionally foul to try and conserve the clock where, you know, there's no more fighting the clock anymore. Um, we, We want these games to obviously speed up. So we're not dragging out. Um, the last minute of the game into 15 minutes. Um, but we want these teams to be able to play straight up, um, to be competitive, to play hard. And every game ends on a game winner, um, which is super unique. And um, you got to see that a little bit in the All-Star game. But um, there's you know a lot of different ways these games can end. And it, it's really exciting. Um, and, and particularly when you have some rooting interest in it or you know when you're on the court, I should say, as you guys would know, um, it, it becomes really intense. Man, I, I love that rule so much uh, because it brings out the competition. And I think that when you see a target score compared to a running clock and guys can just hold the ball and just do what they want, it's like, no, you have to compete to get to this score. So I think that just makes the competition level even higher and just like the game's more interesting because I feel like it's different when you see a target goal that you have to get to. It just raises everybody's intensity. So I think that was a great that's a great uh, add addition to the tournament. And uh, where did you guys come up with that? Did you guys come up with that? Or like, was that in any other sport before, like where there's a target score and where, and what does Elam mean? Is that a name? Is that a name? <laughs> Elam like, is a mean? person. So that's okay. Yeah, it is a person. So that's where we got it from. Um, it's created by Nick Elam, um, who's a ball state professor, uh, went to the university of Dayton, um, and a, a Mensa member. So for people who don't know Mensa is when you got a perfect score in the SAT. So the guy is a bright guy, um, mm. you know, very well versed in the math and the sciences and a uh, big college basketball fan. And he basically in 2007 came up with this concept uh, of the Elam ending um, to try and, you know, assist the end of basketball games and make them more exciting. And he, you know, was pitched it around to, you know, outlets and leagues and, you know, media people and Mark Cuban and all sorts of basketball luminaries. Um, but we were the first people to really take it on. He sent it, uh, a email, a proposal to our general info box. Our CEO and founder, John Mugar, read it, um, loved it, and we adopted it for our play-in event uh, in 2017. It worked out well. And as of 2018, we adopted it for the entirety of the tournament. So the past two years, we've used it for every single TVT game. It's become really interesting. And obviously, the, the NBA All-Star game saw it as uh, you know, innovative and, and unique enough to, to bring that game new life. And, uh, it, it really feels like it has the potential to be the, the future of basketball as we know it. I think so, too. I agree. How was it for you, Nate? I mean, it was definitely interesting. Uh, we only got, what, one chance? We only won one game. So, uh, but it was definitely an exciting moment whenever you make that last basket to win the game. It's, uh, it's a little different than just watching the clock right now. And you guys did it in style, too. That was the cool part. You guys had one of the most exciting Elam ending finishers of all of TBT last year. Yeah, that yeah, that alley-oop to Jay, uh to Jay Sean, that was that was pretty big. Like I said, it's it's going to be an exciting time, man. Um like I said, I know the guys everybody's excited about it that the region's coming to uh to Charleston and um because of the fan the fan outpour that we had uh last summer, I know we're going to have the same and even more 10 times that uh when it comes there. So, I I'm, I'm just excited about everything. 
opportunity again. I just hope they have enough alcohol this time for all the fans. I doubt it. Uh, Was that an issue in Richmond? Yeah, Yeah. it's gonna be tailgates and everything. It's gonna be a whole lot of it's gonna be a whole lot of stuff going down over there. Apparently, they ran out after the first game that we played. Yeah, I, I think Richmond probably wasn't ready for that. We, I, like I said, we weren't ready for that either. <laughs> you know, we we had talked to I had talked to John for a while about trying to figure out where you know it made sense for you guys to play, and you know he had mentioned Columbus for whatever reason. You guys had a large um, alumni base in Columbus, but you guys ended up in Richmond, and uh, like I said, we knew you would bring fans. Uh, we didn't think it would be the kind of crowd um, that you guys did, and really, you know, carried it through the weekend. It, it blew us away to the point where we said. You know, we we have to figure out a way to bring this to West Virginia to reward these guys for the team that they brought, you know, the talent level, but as well as, as the fan base they've kind of uh, cultivated. Obviously, they, you know, they care about, you know, you guys so much, and it's it's really unique to see. And, um, you know, what what we saw in Wichita last year was tremendous, and I, I can, you know, it's, it's tough to surpass, but I think if anyone can do it, it's you guys. Jake, you and I have been working together on this for a while, at least uh, in the background, letting it simmer. Um can you let us know? Are there any uh, hints of potential merchandise this year for fans? There, there's always TBT merch coming out. Um, definitely in the works, and we will most certainly have uh, some high quality West Virginia Puma gear. Um, and then, obviously, you know, all the team members will, you know, get their own, you know, TBT gear as well. So, Dave, uh, I hope they hook you up with a sweatshirt or a nice shooting shirt or, or something like that for for all of your efforts. Yeah, I don't get shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just a nice, just a nice thank you. That's good. That I just get Kevin's enough. abuse. That should be good enough. Five minutes on the court. That's all I want. And hopefully, to, a, a portion of that two million dollars, whatever that might be. Hopefully, they they can find a way to work you in there. <laughs> I doubt it. Hey, I was gonna ask. I don't know if you can speak. I don't know if you can speak on this, but how do you determine which teams go to which region? Is it like proximity, like how how close you are to a certain region? But how is that, or is it just like random? So how do, how do you guys do that? Yeah, it, it, I think at the end of the day, it's really up to the teams. You know, we can kind of uh, provide some level of guidance in the sense that like, hey, you know, you guys are a, a Tennessee team. Like you guys should go play in Jackson, Tennessee. Like that makes mm-hmm. sense, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Uh, but generally at the end of the day, it's kind of on the teams to decide where they want to go kind of, you know, and they'll very, you know, weigh many factors in terms of competition, in terms of. Uh, travel, you know, time and how much, how long it might take. And, you know, some people have to fly, others will rent sprinter vans like you guys did. So, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, we can provide some sort of guidance and say, hey, maybe you make the most sense here, but uh, it's up to the teams and where they feel most comfortable. True, true. Uh, yeah, I loved, I loved the uh, fan outrage last year when it got announced we were in the TVT. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was, oh, you're playing the, what, four, time champion in the second game <laughs> that yeah. that is how it fell last year um but yeah it, what was that about jake i hey listen <laughs> we i i in terms of seating and stuff like that uh we, we try mm-hmm. to do it as fairly as possible that region was loaded uh it was unfortunate you guys ran into them but uh i knew you were up for the challenge and you know i i gave john kind of a heads up that that was going to happen and he said you know bring it on and you got you guys gave him a good fight sounds like a setup, There's- jake Sounds no, like never. Conspiracy. We, we're not about sounds that. Like... No, we, we try. We, right. we do everything above board. But you know what you guys did? You <laughs> wore them down. You made them tired. And when they ran to the Carmen's crew, they were all out of gas. And, and that's how they lost. Oh, so, man. you know, you, you guys were definitely a contributing factor and yeah. wearing those boys out. Nate's our secret weapon this year. Hey, man. 
you know, down 35 pounds. Yeah. Got oh, a lot yeah. going on now. He's ready. Yeah. Did you get did you get your call for France based on them watching you in the TBT or was it just like a gradual thing? No, that was that was uh, that was a gradual thing. That was already in the works. But oh well, sorry, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was because everyone was happy. Me. So I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, a little hurt now, but that that's good. I'm, I'm glad it all worked out. Uh, we can run with it if we want to. We we can make it happen. <laughs> hey man, I was hoping you would run with it, but it's all good. <laughs> So there he was on the TBT. uh, Ten minutes I played. So (laughs) one more, uh, one more question uh, before we before we go. Uh, I want to know what is like your vision for the next couple years with the TBT tournament. Do you guys seeing the like the prize, the grand prize, getting any larger? Do you guys seeing any more changes trying to get uh, more people to uh, to get into it? How do you how do you spread the word more for the TBT? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. And I, I think it's there's multiple areas to it. I, I think the goal at the end of the day is to definitely raise the prize. And, you know, we've done it in the, the first couple of years of it. And I'm hoping we can get to a point where we can make it, you know, I, I, $2 million is hard to resist, but you get to 5 million, you get to 10 million, you know, how, how does anyone not want to sign up and try and compete in that? So mm-hmm. I, I think it's about, you know, eventually growing it out to uh, an incredibly, you know, mesmerizing amount, um, but also trying to connect with more basketball fans. I think we've really tapped into the college basketball market, um, but I'd love for us to be able to make more of a connection to the the NBA fans and, and let them know that, um, you know, there's high quality basketball being played uh, during the summertime. We've had NBA guys get involved. I'd love to get more NBA guys involved as general managers and coaches like the Chris Pauls and the DeMarcus Cousins, like more of those guys um, to get involved. But um, really, you know, just kind of have to do our best to promote the, the intensity of CBT, the high quality of the games, the, the innovative style and the nature that we've kind of brought to the table. Uh, and we, we think the product is, is good enough that it'll continue to shine through. And, um, you know, as we get to, to more fan bases, more cities, um, more people um, that, you know, they'll understand that and it'll reflect in us, you know, being able to play in, you know, large giant arenas like we will in, in Charleston this summer. That's dope, man. I've I, I've seen the growth since I first started uh, hearing about the TBT tournament, to, then to watching it on TV, and then to actually playing in it. Uh, you guys have done a great job with that, and I'm sure it's it's going to do nothing but continue to grow and get better. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to to seeing you guys out there. And uh, I'm I'm going to do the the marketing guy thing and plug for best Virginia fans that are interested in, in buying tickets. Make sure you go to the tournament.com and and get your seats while you still can because uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's, it's great having you on and, uh, you know, getting that getting that perspective about how it started and everything like that. And uh, for all the people who, who don't know, who aren't familiar with it. So everybody come out, come out, support. Uh, again, that's what July 24th through the 26th. Nailed it. And uh, in, in Charleston, West Virginia, it's going to be a great time. Get your tickets and uh, can't wait to see you out there. Kev, we're also uh, in between your camps that you're doing this year in three cities that we'll have more information about next episode. Uh, we'll probably be doing some kind of a statewide tour before this to hype up the game in Charleston, also raise money for the TBT to be involved in it and travel and stuff like that. So last year we did a GoFundMe. We're going to do another one this year. If you can't make it to any of the games and you still want to contribute, there's no pressure to. Um, but if you do want to contribute to the team and see a great couple of games of basketball before we compete we'll have more information about that in the next episode too so follow us at final forecast 
on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Nice, nice. Nate, any la- any last words, Nate? I got nothing for you, man. I'll see you uh, July 24th, Jake. Sounds good. Looking yep. forward to it, guys. All right, man. This has been another episode of the Final Forecast. Me, one of your co-hosts, Kevin Jones, Nate, Adrian, Dave, and uh, special guest Jake. Thank you a lot, and uh, see you soon, Jake. If you love to show your WVU school spirit with the latest fashion and styles and with a wide selection of WV merch, check out the Book Exchange at bookexchangewv.com or in-store on the downtown and Evansdale campuses in Morgantown. Save 25% off your order with promo code BX4FINAL4.